thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. Hey everyone, great to connect with you. Thank you so much for being part of our live stream service. Whether you're watching it live uh, on Sunday, May the 31st, or whether you are catching it up on demand. And and actually, um, Sunday, May the 31st, it is globally Pentecost Sunday, which is the day that the church celebrates the start of the church. It's It's when those first followers of Jesus were in lockdown, literally in a room, and God poured out His Spirit so much that they became so uh, full of courage that they went out into the streets and they changed the world. And you know, 2,000 years later, our buildings are shut, but the church isn't. The church has never been as open as it is right now. And because of that, and because of modern technology, we are able to connect with you in your living room, in your home right now. Guys, if you are part of the church, welcome. If you're just coming in, you're that row behind the back row, you are really welcome. We are so glad that you're joining with us. And I'm gonna speak for around about 15 or 16, maybe 17, 18 minutes or so. And then there's gonna be a little bit more music. So hang with us, because we've got some really important stuff to share with you. I don't know whether you're in life, you've ever had an experience where you started out on something and then it didn't, end as you expected and you were left wondering. Many of you know by now um, my garden train wreck story. Uh, Alison's talked about it many times this week. I've talked about it where I borrowed a power tool actually from Andy and Laura Hancock. I'm not blaming them but it was their power tool and Alison my wife said to me go out in the back garden and just tidy that shrub up a little bit and I went out with this power tool and before we knew where we were there is no shrub and Alison has been out in the garden for the last couple of days and, and the, the look of desolation on her face as she looks at where the shrub was and she says how and she's wondering how did life turn out like this you know where is the shrub gone maybe you've had a conversation with someone and it started and then by the time the conversation finished you were left wondering how did we get here Maybe a relationship that you had. And it was so great. And then at the end of it, you're left wondering, how did this relationship end up like this? How did this job end up like this? Maybe you look around the world right now, or maybe you look at your life right now, and you say, how did my life end up looking like this? And you're left wondering. And the question we're going to explore over the next three weeks is this. Can we believe that God is good when life is not. Can you and I believe that God is good when life is not? And it may be today that you're not a follower of Jesus yet. Maybe you've not given your life to God. Maybe you're not even sure whether God exists. You know, this is one of the big reasons that stops people having faith in God. Because they, they look around, they say, if you want me to believe in God, how can I when all this stuff is happening? In fact, a French author by the name of Jules Renard, he said this, I don't know if God exists but it would be better for his reputation if he didn't. Wow, that's a cynical view. And it's almost like you're looking around the world and you're saying, if there's so much bad stuff happening, how can I believe that God is good? Now, I need to give you a little caution today, okay? This is not a sitcom sermon. And by sitcom sermon, I mean in 30 minutes, it starts happy, then there's a problem, then there's a solution, then it ends up happy, tune in next week. This is not a sitcom sermon. Having said that, I love sitcoms, don't you? In fact, I looked at a poll this week, uh, and it was the last one that was done, I think the back end of last year, of Britain's, of the UK's favourite sitcoms. 
I'm just wondering if you could help me out here and engage a little bit. Could you put in the chat which sitcom you think is the nation's favorite right now? Now, I'm going to tell you the answer. I'm going to tell you third, second, and first. Maybe some of you competitive ones, you want to have a little go, even in the chat right now. Say, mm, I think number three, this, number two, this. But we're after the top sermon. Now, I have to say, for those of you that are younger, these sitcoms are all pretty old, all right? So don't think modern, think back a bit. Ready? So, if you've got it down, write in your chat right now, whether it's Facebook, YouTube, or Church Online, what you think is the nation's favorite sitcom. And I'm going to give you three, two, one, in reverse order. So, excited? Not talking to me. Are you excited? That's better. Okay. In third place, we have Blackadder. I have a cunning plan. I love Blackadder. Still watch Blackadder. It is amazing. So whether you got that right. In second place, we have a great sitcom, Faulty Towers. I'm from Barcelona, Manuel. That doesn't sound Spanish at all, but here we go. And number one, this is the nation's favourite. This time next year, Rodney, we will be millionaires. You've got it, only fools and horses. How many of you got that right? You got that right? Well, listen, you may have got that right, but I've got to tell you, this sermon, in fact, this series is not a sitcom series. It is not like that. You see, it's all based on this idea, hope in the dark. In fact, this book that I'm showing you is written by Craig Rochelle from Life Church in the US, and he's given this series to people all around the world. So we're using his content uh, and we're repackaging it and putting out some of our own thoughts, but we're going to base it on this book. And guys, also, there's a brilliant version Bible uh, devotion that goes every day for the next 12, 13 days. And you can access that either on version on your phone or on your device, or you can go to our website and you can just press a link and and you can get access to that devotion. So you can track through what we're going to look through every single day on your own as we look at this over the next few weeks. And we're looking at a book in the Old Testament. That's the first part of the Bible. And it's, the book, it's a book called Habakkuk. Now, if you're American, you call it Habakkuk, okay? But I have to tell you, it's Habakkuk. And I love you all Americans, okay, so much. But we're not going to do the aluminum and the tomato and the process. We're going to call it Habakkuk because that's what his name is. I'm just joking. Habakkuk lived around 2,600 years ago. And we don't know hardly anything about Habakkuk other than he was a minor prophet. Now, in the Bible, you've got major prophets and minor prophets. It's not like the big dog, major prophet, and the small minor. It doesn't mean that. It literally means the minor prophet is someone who wrote a very short book. And that's why Habakkuk is called a minor prophet. He wrote this letter, okay, and it's in three chapters. And we don't know very much about Habakkuk, but we do know this. Most prophets speak to people on behalf of God. Habakkuk spoke to God on behalf of of people. That's a major difference. And Habakkuk is this guy that he's looking around the world and he sees a world in chaos. He sees injustice. He sees oppression. He sees stuff that he just can't tolerate anymore. In fact, in a word, the world he's living in looks like it's in crisis. And he's not speaking to the people about God. He's speaking to God about the people. And he's asking two big questions. He's asking these two questions. Why and how long? Why is this happening, God? And how long is it going to be? And I know that you know, these two questions resonate with us right now. And we're not going to talk about COVID-19 every single week, okay? But we're asking some of these questions as well. 
And, and maybe as, as you think about moving into June tomorrow and the school's opening up again and there'll be lots of different views. Some of you will be saying, why? And some of you will be saying, why not? And, and, and some of you will be saying, it's too soon. And some of you will be saying, it's not soon enough. And, and I think when we're really honest, whether you're a Christian or not, when we think about God and when we look at our world, sometimes we're left wondering and sometimes we're left asking questions, why and how long and in Habakkuk chapter one, verse one, it says that Habakkuk receives a prophecy and that word prophecy in the original language literally means a burden or a weight. And then in verse two, here it comes. And so we're gonna read it together. And this is what he says. And he gets this prophecy, but again, he's not bringing it to the people, he's bringing it to God. And he says this, how long Lord must I call for help, but you do not listen or cry out to you violence, but you do not save. Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. Therefore, the law is paralyzed and justice never prevails. The wicked hem in the righteous, so the justice is perverted. And before God speaks to him and gives him this prophecy, he's asking these questions and he's saying this, why aren't you listening, God? Why are you allowing this to happen? Why does it seem you're sitting on your hands while all this stuff is going on? Why are you making me look at this? I can't tolerate it. You seem to be able to, but I can't. M maybe you, you feel like a little bit like this. I know I, know I felt like it this week, not over COVID-19, but over the racism and the disregard for human life that we've seen through the story of George Floyd and, and some of my friends who are black and, and I hear on their posts and in their voices just the angst and the pain. And, and if you're a Christian and you, maybe you're saying, God, how are you allowing this to happen? And there's some really, really big questions. But you know, the name Habakkuk literally means he who wrestles and embraces. Is it possible, even as a follower of Jesus, for us to wrestle with some of these difficult questions and embrace God at the same time? I believe it is. In fact, if you're not yet a Christian, if you're not giving your life to Jesus because you're wrestling with the questions of God, you can wrestle and embrace Him because He's worth it. And in fact, I think that God is looking for more wrestlers in these days than ever before. And again, to give a little bit of light relief, I thought, right, if God is looking for wrestlers, what would it look like for some people in our church if we asked them this question? If you were a wrestler, what would your wrestling name be? And what would the music be that you came out to? So we've asked some people from Hales Owen, Hagley and Rowley. We didn't go to Albania for this one because we're not sure whether Albanians wrestle or not. But we've gone to people in Hells Owen, Hagley and Rowley. And there's a couple of our elders, leaders of our church that got so excited telling us their wrestling name and the music. Take a look at this. I love our church. Check this out. Hi, my name's Judy. And if I was a wrestler, I'd come in as Rowdy Jowdy. And the music I'd come into would be Katy Perry, Raw. Hiya, my name is Dean, and if I was a wrestler, my wrestling name would be The Celtic Killer. And my theme tune and entrance music would definitely be I Put It To Riot by the Kaiser Chiefs. Hi, I'm Chris Bradley. If I was a wrestler, I'd be called Dixon Nightstick. And my entrance music would be Every breath you take, every move you make, I'll be watching you by the police.
my name's Sam and if I was a wrestler, I would be called Paper because then I would always beat The Rock. And this would be my walking music. Alexa, play. Y'all ready for this? Woo! Hi, I'm Yanni. If I was a wrestler, I'd be called Psking Sandwich. And my entrance music would be Hi, I'm Tim, and if I were a wrestler, I'd be called Towering Tim, and my entrance music would be. Hello, my name is Mick Cox. My wrestler's name would be Magnum Force, and my entrance music would be The Eye of the Tiger. Rawr! I'm sorry, but I, I have seen that a few times and, and I, I can't get it together. I'm still laughing so much and there's a couple of us in the room and we're laughing as well. You know, one of the reasons I love our church is that we take God really seriously and we take life really seriously and we take the mission of God seriously. But we don't take ourselves too seriously. And you know, I, I don't know about you, but, but, but that whole idea of wrestling is a biblical concept and Habakkuk's name literally means to wrestle and embrace to at the same time that you're loving God, you're also wrestling with some big questions. You see, life isn't a sitcom. Many of you know that. You see, maybe for you, you, you got cancer and then you beat cancer, but then cancer came back. Or, or, or maybe uh, you, know, you couldn't have kids, but then miraculously you did have kids and then one of your kids got sick. Or, or you didn't have a job and then the job came along of your dreams and then you were made redundant. Or, or you kept yourself pure and, uh, and you waited and you waited and that relationship never came. Or it did come and you stayed faithful and they didn't. And then you're left wondering. And when you wonder, you've got an option here. Do you walk away or do you wrestle and embrace? I don't know about you, but have you ever thought, yourself, you know, if I was God, I'd do things differently. I don't know if you've ever thought like that. I want, I want to tell you a couple of stories, real true stories. And they both happened in 1996, which I know is a long time ago. But you know, I, I at the time was, was 30. And um, in fact, when the first story came, I was just coming up to be 30. And, and, and I was um, assistant pastor here at the church and had two small boys, a four-year-old and a two-year-old. And I remember being in my office one day in March of 1996 when I heard on the radio, yep, radio, I heard on the radio a story of, of a man who'd gone into a, high, a primary school in a Scottish town called Dunblane. And there he killed 16 of the children and one of the teachers. And I can remember being a young dad who'd given my life to want to serve Jesus. And I was 30 and I can remember coming out and I sat in my car and literally, I don't think I've ever done this before or since. And I literally bashed with my fists on the dashboard. I couldn't believe that God would allow that to happen. And I know now that God didn't cause that, but I was so wrestling and, embrace, and trying to embrace God. And yet as a young dad, I said, God, how could you let that happen? And then a few months later, me and my wife, Alison, we realised that our youngest son, Simeon, 
that things weren't right with him and, and his uh, eye contact was, was delayed, his speech was delayed and, and we knew something was wrong and we'd been to lots of doctors for lots of tests and they'd all said, oh, he's fine, he's fine. And then eventually, uh, just in the back end of 1996, we sat in a consultant's office and we were told the devastating news that our son has complex learning disability, autism, ADHD, and that in their opinion, he would never ever lead an independent life. And I can remember me and Alison trying to be a leader of a church and serve God and, and embracing God and embracing God's call and yet wrestling with some really big issues. And we were left wondering, God, how can you allow these things to happen? And maybe today you are a follower of Jesus and you're wrestling with some questions like Habakkuk. Maybe not on the macro scale when you look at the world, maybe the micro scale, your life, and you're looking and you're saying, God, why... And how long? Here's the question. What are you going to do when you're in the valley of wrestle and embrace? I, I, want, I want to take you, uh, if I can, okay, to over to a board over here and, and just show you something because I think this is really important. And um, you see, what happens is, th this is kind of what happens. If you imagine a time when, when, when you first become a Christian, okay, and I know that not all of you might say that you are a follower of Jesus, but when you become a follower of Jesus, um, basically your spiritual life starts then. And, and usually the experience is that it goes up like this and you get kind of like a mountaintop experience. And when you have a mountaintop experience, what it kind of means is that life is so good and God is so real that actually every song that the, the, the worship team play, you love it, okay? And the music's never too loud. And every time you open the Bible, God speaks to you. And even the birds, when they sing, like they sing your name and they sing over your life, it's a mountaintop experience and it's amazing. But then life happens and it starts to come down like this. And you realise that it's not all mountaintop. And you get to a point where maybe something happens. Maybe it is a health thing or a relationship thing or a, a job situation or maybe COVID-19 and you're in lockdown, whatever it is. And you get what, what people call a crisis of belief. And you've got a choice when you get to a crisis of belief. And you've got three things you can do. And I've seen this in people so often. The first thing is you can deny and pretend and you can pretend that you're living on the mountaintop when actually you're not. The second thing that you can do, and this is the common thing that people do, is that we walk away. And we said, why not? You know, I mean, I mean, I mean why, why, why do I have to look at this? Why do I have to experience this? God, my life didn't turn out like you said it would, or I thought you said it would, and so we walk away. But there's a third option, guys. And this is so important. And whether you've been a Christian a long time or whether you're just exploring it, this is for you. You see, the third thing is that we can wrestle and embrace. And whenever we wrestle and embrace, usually it goes down into more of a valley. And when we're in the valley, we begin to work out those words that we looked at a couple of weeks ago in the book of James, when James says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you experience trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And when your perseverance begins to work, then in you, your faith becomes mature, complete, not lacking anything, and you climb up again. And here's the amazing news, guys. From one mountaintop to the next mountaintop, we never travel from a mountaintop to a mountaintop unless we go through the valley. 
And guys, I want you to know right now, I think the church on Pentecost Sunday, I think the church, we're trying to wrestle and embrace with what God is doing in and through this crisis. But I believe if we wrestle and embrace and don't walk away, we will come out of it stronger and better. And here's the big thought that I've got for you today. You see, here's the reality, okay? Um, Faith believes that when we can't trace the hand of God, we can still trust the heart of God. When we can't trace the hand of God, when we're in the valley, when we're like Habakkuk and we're looking out around us, we can still trust the heart of God. And as Habakkuk says what he says, God then speaks in verse five. Look at this. Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed, says God. For I'm gonna do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. And I can imagine Habakkuk saying, at last, God, you're getting it. You're gonna do something amazing. In other words, God, you're gonna give us an upgrade. Ever had an upgrade? It's only ever happened to me once on a flight. I was going to America, I was on my own to a conference and all of the people that were traveling uh, on their own were all bumped up to business class. I loved it, it was amazing. They warm your nuts. And I know I'm not supposed to say that in church, but it was amazing. And they bring, they bring uh, hot towels for you and you get all this kind of st- uh, food, amazing, and leg space. After that experience, which was about 20 years ago, every single long-haul flight, I've tried to be upgraded. It's never worked once. And here's Habakkuk thinking, God is gonna upgrade our life. And this is what happens next. God says this in verse six and seven. I'm raising up the Babylonians. That ruthless and impetuous people who sweep across the whole earth to seize dwellings not their own. They're a feared and dreaded people. They're a law to themselves and promote their own honour. God says, you think it's bad now? You wait and what I do next. I'm going to raise up your enemy over you. Now, let me just say, this is not prophetic of what God's doing here right now. This is to illustrate a point that Habakkuk has to wrestle with some issues way beyond his ability to think about it. And in verse 11 and uh, verse 12 and 13, and I'll, it won't come up on your screen, but just listen to this. It says this, Lord, are you not from everlasting? My God, my Holy One, you'll never die. He's embracing. You, Lord, have appointed them to execute judgment. You, my rock, have ordained them to punish. Your eyes are too pure to look on evil. You cannot tolerate wrongdoing. He's embracing. Why then do you tolerate the treacherous? Treacherous. He's wrestling. Why are you silent while the wicked swallow up those more righteous than themselves? He's wrestling. So what Habakkuk's doing in the valley here that you see not on the board is he's wrestling and embracing. He's not walking away in chapter one. Guys, can I say, if you're as a Christian right now and you're wrestling and embracing, keep doing it. Do not walk away in chapter one. And maybe if you're not yet a follower of Jesus and you're beginning to explore, you know, we have some people on Alpha and they're people that would say they don't have faith and they've come onto Virtual Alpha online. The last evening is tomorrow. We'll do another one after the summer. They're wrestling and they're embracing. Don't walk away when life gets tough. And in this book, Hope in the Dark, there's just a brilliant little bit that I want, I want to read to you out of that. And Craig Rochelle says this, what if honestly acknowledging your doubts is the first step towards building a deeper faith? What if embracing your secret questions opens the door for a maturing knowledge of God's character? What if becoming closer to God, developing genuine intimacy with Him requires you to bear that which feels unbearable? 
to hear him through an ominous utterance, to trust him in the moment of doom, to embrace his strength when you're weak with a burden? What if it takes real pain to experience deep and abiding hope? Guys, we want hope and there is hope in the dark. But what if intimacy with God causes you to bear something that feels unbearable? I'm going off script a bit right now, okay? Because I know that there's some of you out there and, and, and you've lost kids recently and your, your marriage is in trouble and your finances is in trouble and you've got health issues and you've got loved ones and, and you're in that wrestle and embrace valley. What if intimacy with God causes you to bear something that feels unbearable? When we're wondering, the choice is do we deny and pretend, do we walk away or do we wrestle and embrace. And I want to say some things about you and for you if you're wondering right now. Number one, God understands the pain you're in and he's with you in the pain. Number two, God welcomes the questions you have. He would rather you yell at him than walk away from him. And number three, God is the most closest to you in the valley, not on the mountaintop. That's why Psalm 23 says, even though we go through the valley, we'll never be on our own because he goes with us. And you know, there's an old, another Old Testament character called Jacob and he wrestled with God all through the night. And the Bible says he wrestled and he embraced and he didn't let him go. And at the end of that experience, he got a new name. He got a new future and he walked differently every single day. I'm hoping and praying guys that we as the church, we will wrestle and embrace with God through this season and that maybe coming out of it, we will walk differently. And if you're not yet a follower of Jesus and you're wrestling with those big questions, you can wrestle and you can embrace and I'll give you an opportunity to do that a little bit later. But guys, we're only in chapter one and I'm not gonna make this all nice and tidy today because it's chapter one. I'm gonna say, but it's not a sitcom, but maybe it's more like a box set. And as we draw to a close at the end of chapter one, you know, you know when you get to that box set episode and, and oh, I can't leave it now, I've got to watch the next week. Well, we hope that you tune in next week for chapter two, because it gets really good. But in chapter one, we're left wondering. And we're in that valley where we're going to wrestle and embrace. And in that moment, I think God is wanting to wake some of us up. You know, there are people asking the question, you know, did God somehow, I don't know, cause COVID-19 to wake us up? I don't know. I, I don't think He caused it. Of course, He allowed it. I, 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 and I don't, I don't wish to kind of claim it's above my pay grade to know what God's doing. But I do know this, that because of what's happening in the world, we are waking up. The church is waking up. Maybe people who are not yet followers of Jesus are waking up. And maybe we're waking up to the reality that, hey, this life is difficult. And somehow there's something inside of us that stirs to say there's got to be more than what we can see or experience. And coming to that place of putting our faith and our trust in the heart of God, even when we can't trace the hand of God, it's what faith is all about. And so if you're watching this right now, whether it's live or on demand, and you right now, you say, hey, I've never done that. You know, I've never given my, my, my life to Jesus. I've never surrendered to God. You can do that right now. I did it when I was 15 and a half. And you know what? In many ways, I think I've kind of done it again lots of other times over the years when I've come to that wrestle and embrace valley. And when Alice and I sat in the car park, 
bawling our eyes out as young parents, thinking, how on earth are we going to cope with, with Simeon? Through, and that was, I don't know, 23 years ago. And, you know, we've coped with it and we are coping with it because of the relationship we have with Jesus. Doesn't mean I'm not wondering. Doesn't mean I'm not asking questions. I'm wrestling and I'm embracing. And so if this morning or today or whenever you're watching this, you want to give your life to Jesus, we would love to lead you in that right now. I'm just going to pray and I'm going to ask Jesus to come into your life for the first time. And if it's you and you want to respond to that, you can do that. If you're on church online, a little hand will come up and you can just click that hand and then someone will contact you or not, whether you want to or whether you don't. If you're on one of our other chats on YouTube or Facebook, something will appear in the chat and you can respond to that. You can like it or you can click on that as I pray for you right now. So let me pray. Jesus, I want to thank you so much for every single person that is just in this moment wanting to give their life to you and say, I don't know all the answers and I'm still wrestling, but I want to embrace you in the middle of it all. And God, I pray that as people respond to you right now, the Holy Spirit, that you would come on this day of Pentecost and you would fill their hearts with your peace and with your strength and with your presence. In Jesus' name. And guys, I just, I just feel prompted to say that maybe some of you, you are a follower of Jesus, but you're wrestling and you're embracing. Maybe some of you are denying and pretending, or maybe some of you are beginning to walk away. I, I wanna say, hey, don't do either of those things. Wrestle and embrace. Wrestle and embrace. Get a hold of God and be real and be authentic. Yell at Him if you like, just don't walk away in chapter one. And guys, if that's you, we would love to pray for you today. And again, there's going to be a prayer response chat come up there. And, and if you'd like prayer right now, then you can do that. And, and somebody in a, in, a, in a kind of online room can pray for you. So you can message your prayer. They'll message a prayer back. Or you could go to our website. And on there, it says, say one for me. And, and that's just a very, very simple little form. You, you say, hey, this is the prayer. You know, we had a few came in this morning before the live stream. And, and we would love, love, love to pray for you. Guys, I want to say, this is like a box set, okay? Don't leave it at chapter one. Come back next week for chapter two. Follow us with the YouVersion Bible study. You know, this week, our daily devotionals will be Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, but the YouVersion goes all the way through the week. And as we track this through together, believe we'll come out of this valley stronger with a deeper faith. And just as we wrap up, we're gonna sing a great song together. And there's this kind of bit in the middle of this song, which is maybe quite difficult for some of us to get our heads around, that God, you're never gonna let us down. Even when we can't work it out, Life is hard, but God is good. He's the King of our heart. Let's worship Him as we finish our time together.